Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. All right, guys, I'm sitting here with Michael Tadero with a company by the name of Corkboard. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. Michael, you're the first uh, technology type company we've ever interviewed. So I'm excited to find out more about it. I'm pretty naive. I mean, navigating through my cell phone and, and, and trying to uh, do different things on my iPhone, that's challenging enough for me. Right. right? <laughs> well, listen, we all, we're low threshold technology people, especially compared to this new generation of kids. Yeah. I have a 16 year old daughter and I'm like, I have no idea what she's doing at yeah. any moment with technology. I mean, not in a bad way, but it's like, they don't even, the stuff that we thought was cool five, seven, ten years ago, the Facebooks of the world, Yeah, they're so far beyond that now. Really? Yeah. And I have, my daughter's uh, principal at Garlow Elementary uh, said to me when she was a little kid, she said, you know, these kids are training for jobs that haven't even been invented yet. And that's so true. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. And that's I like don't. Matrix stuff. Yeah. Man. That's very, <laughs> it's very inside the matrix stuff. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a programmer. I'm not a developer. Uh, I enjoy technology, and I enjoy using technology to tell the stories of businesses, of brands, of communities, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I started out many years ago as a performer, um, and did. Uh, oh, what uh, kind of performing? I was. I was in a Broadway national tour of a show called The Full Monty. Many, 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 20 years ago. 20 now, doesn't Full Monty mean naked? Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. And uh, we did go the Full Monty. So I appeared naked in front of several million people. And oh, you're, the, the viewers yeah, right. out here have to be looking and going, that guy? That's not good. I was a psych act, so don't worry. I wasn't, it wasn't about being appealing. It was, I was the funny one, you oh, know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, I made, uh, then I made a move to uh, producing live entertainment and theater. Okay. Um, we produced a show here in 2009, I think, and then moved it to New York off Broadway. Really? Uh, yep, wow. and then made a lateral move to starting to produce uh, technology events, um, utilizing technology to tell stories for brands. We did a lot of work with um, Verizon at the Super Bowl. Ah. We did projects with AT&T at the Final Four, things like that that were back then really meant to collect email addresses, engage people, and then the market, you know, the 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 vertical sort of uh, morphed into um, you know wanting to create cool experiences that would get viral views and organic sort yeah. of viral well, traffic. That's still a hot thing nowadays. Or yeah, nowadays? it's very, it's very hot. It's you know, it, it's obviously it's been a challenging year. Hmm. Those things are predicated on the concept of engaging crowds and communal engagement. Right. And if crowds can't be together, you know, then they can't be engaged. So sure. um, it's, it, but that, yeah, it certainly is. It's all about the coolest thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's all about the, the uh, flashiest, most technologically sound kind of coolest thing and viral videos and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. But one and of you were an employee within that company, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was an employee with a company called Brightline that a friend of mine, uh, started on the East Coast years and years ago okay. and I worked with him. Then I had my own company doing a couple different contracts with a company that was working with Marvel Comics and putting up their uh, interactive exhibitions. Wow. Um, and uh, so 
a lot of that interactive technology is expensive stuff. Right. And so all of these experiences, we would get to the end of a project and we pack it up and it would go into a warehouse in North Carolina and never be seen again. Sure. And I really wanted to find a way to, to leverage this technology and almost democratize it in a way that would serve, whether it be undervalued communities, whoever it was. Um, and that's how Corkboard was born um, in the company that I have currently. And we're utilizing and building a technology platform, utilizing sort of different blocks and different modules for engaging and interacting with, uh, with different clients. Okay. Um, and the, the space that we're working in now is in the blue collar workforce space, in the logistics and supply chain space. Um, we're passionate about serving that community of people. Um, there, there are so many different studies you can point to now that are really foretelling a, a blue-collar labor shortage coming up. Uh, boomers are exiting the workforce, Gen Z and Gen Y are coming into the workforce, and, and employers are going to find need to find a way at that level to communicate with, engage uh, employees mm -hmm. that, are, that are younger and more sophisticated. So we're building out a technology platform that directly services that, that supply chain and logistics space. Interesting. Now you use the word passion and blue collar. So does this passion for the blue collar industry just come from the base of you see an opportunity and you want to, you know, capitalize on it or is it, it go back further? Does it, this blue collar type industry, uh, you mentioned that your dad was a police officer. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Blue collar type job. Yes, and, very much uh, so. I don't know if you've had any type of blue collar jobs. I mean, does some of that passion come from life experience growing up, do you think, for that blue collar industry? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that uh, there is, as this country has moved towards more technology, as we're talking about now, right. we sort of lost the ability and the, the passion for, in a lot of spaces, not everybody. I have great friends that are custom woodcrafter. I have a friend, Brady, who's down in southern Minnesota, who's got an amazing custom woodcrafting business. Um, so, but the majority of people don't work with their hands and don't, you know, don't get into the dirt, right. you know, and I think that there's something, there's something that's kind of visceral about that. There's something that's connected about that. Sure. One of the things that, uh, that I, that I think about it, and one of the reasons I'm passionate about the area is because I think the gap between the white collar workforce and the blue collar workforce, for lack of a better terminology, because yeah. I don't want to offend anybody by saying that. Yeah. But that gap is so large now. Sure. There's such a large gap between the consumers and the producers. Right. Um, it, it's like, do you remember when we were kids? I'm assuming we're the same age, although years have been kinder to you. <laughs> um, but. Uh, um, you used to get like a pack of t-shirts from Hanes and there was a little tag in there that said like inspected by number 42. Yep, yep, yep. And that was like, even though you're not ever going to see the guy in the face, that was still a connection to the producer of your product. Oh, sure. As, as yeah. odd as that is, we've, we've lost that. Everything now is like Amazon Prime, uh, overnight order, don't really think about the ramifications that it has all the way down the supply chain, right, right? Right. And I'm not saying that we all need to lie awake guilty at night because we ordered AirPods and so you know that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I think at least you have to have an understanding of that. Yeah. And I think that that, and not to get too ideological about it, but I think that that gap between producer and uh, consumer is a lot of where the issues lie in this country right now. 
yes. whether you want to call it elites or whatever it is, right? Yes. There's there's this gap between those who make or supply things and those who consume them. Right. Um, and I know that you're probably a little bigger conversation than you guys would have right now, but no, um, cool. that's that's where the passion is to be able to engage those folks and. Again, I don't think it's going to be, and I was talking to my dad about it. He was like, so you're, like people are going to email the people that fulfill their Amazon orders? I said, no, it's not that. <laughs> it's just having an understanding and, and a little bit of context, okay. you know, for that relationship. Yeah. And that's what's passionate about it. Um, and, even, and why I started the company, too, is that corkboard, you know, we're like, I like to say that we're sort of the third generation of a corkboard. Because it's community, it's the original geo-targeted advertisement, the original sort of community-based advertisement. And it started with like nailing a sign to a tree. And then it evolved to like the corkboard, you'd pin stuff up on babysitting or snow removal, and then sure. we're sort of the next iteration of that. Okay. So it's the, the concept is sort of immediate communication that directly involves and affects the people around you. And this is, we're in this supply chain space where we're, we're trying to get top down and bottom up communication. We want the owners to be able to communicate uh, with the sort of lower, lowest tier of worker. And we want that person to also have access to communicate what they're feeling or what they're experiencing with the upper echelon. Okay. And again, it's not like, it's not sort of, it's not anything that's like everybody's message goes up like but then you've got CEOs that are just all day reading messages from people that work on their manufacturing line or things like that. Oh, sure. That's not it. But at least if their studies say that workers are much more likely to stay with a company for longer if they feel connected up all the way up and all the way down. Yeah. If that makes hurt. sense. Yeah. yeah. And at, at its base level, I realized this is recently. Um, I, whether it was live performance, theater, whatever it was, technology, whatever it is, I, I love the concept of discovering things, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, whether it's watching a great show and discovering something about somebody or whatever that means, mm -hmm. or uh, doing an interactive piece and you discover something. Because I think that I'm still chasing back when, remember when we had payphones? Uh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would stick your finger in the slot and sometimes someone had left a quarter there or changed yeah. a bit. That, that feeling of discovery was like the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. Or you reached into the, the soda machine and there was yeah, still like a dime in there. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and I still, like in all my years, have never, like that was such an indelible moment of discovery. I was like, I am rich and I didn't do anything for this, you know? Right. And I discovered it. It's like you're, you feel like you're a treasure hunter, you right. know? So, yeah, it's a big deal back yeah, then. Yeah, it was a huge deal back yeah. then. Yeah. And now explaining it to kids these days, they're like, what's a pay phone? What? All right. You guys right. used to have to pay for a phone? Yeah. And, and my, my, my boys are seven and eight. Yeah. A quarter does not motivate them. In the no. <laughs> no, try to pitch them on the moment of discovery. <laughs> well, it's so it's really sad, too. Oh, it's not sad. It's different. Um, because um, my daughter, like these kids don't have any sense of anticipation, mm. you know? Mm. There's no like, like on holidays like Christmas. Yeah. We used to like sit up in our rooms until our dad came and was like, okay, we can go downstairs. Like we'd be up at six, not downstairs till like 7.30. Yeah. And you'd just be like, oh, trying to glimpse around the thing to see yeah. if you could, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's no real sense of anticipation 
They don't understand that because they don't have to anticipate anything. It's all instant. Huh? Yeah, it's all instant. It's all and and I used to get upset about it, but it the world is the way that it is. You know, there's no sense in I think getting frustrated about something because it's different. Sure. You know, just because it's not the way I used to do it doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. You know, it's there's so many wonderful things that technology and this sort of instant. Uh, instantaneous kind of uh, society, uh, this ready kind of ready to order society, uh, has given us that I, the, I think the positives far outweigh the negatives. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it's sort of like you just sort of want to bring some of it back. Bring some of it back. Right, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. You have to like explain. Back in my day, we used to sit and anticipate things, you know, <laughs> which is such a dumb thing to yeah, say. Right, and your right, kids right. are like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so when you were talking about, uh, I think as you said, your daughter um, training for a job that's not created yet, and the technology that kids use today. Yeah, my son, man, he does um, what is it, Minecraft or Roblox all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's like designing theme parks, and mm -hmm. this, this is like straight up CAD drawings or something here. It's yeah, like, I have no idea what he's doing. Yeah, it's amazing to think about where all this is leading. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what their generation is going to be like. It what is. They're going to be doing. It is. You know, Elon's talking about putting pucks in her head that they can communicate back and forth. I know. I mean, that's crazy. It is. It is crazy. And it, it's, it's, uh, and I, I always ask my dad, I'm like, what is the, what is the sort of biggest technology leap the world took? Like, what, what generation? Was it the, my grandfather's generation that went from like, horse and carriage to like cars, or I guess it'd be my great grandfather, but like, what was the biggest leap? And I don't know if the, was the biggest leap in technology, the biggest leap a generation's ever taken, like the leap between the Commodore 64 and the Xbox 5, you know? I mean, just the technology, just yeah. the technology from back when we played Nintendo Tecmo Bowl to like PlayStation is like, it's crazy. Right. It's insane. Yeah. So I don't know. I, you know, we we're talking about, we're only, I mean, we're only 50 years away from man walking on the moon. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about like commercial space flight. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's huge. Mm -hmm. That's that's such a monstrous change yeah. in, in everything. Yeah. Right, right. So I, yeah, I don't... Uh, uh, commercial <laughs> space flight. So getting, you go to the, the, the airport, uh, book your flight to the moon. I, I would assume that you can't like last minute that. That's not like, <laughs> like a, that's not like a, like a sweeper upper feet vacation where you're like, oh, okay. let's go to Paris. Yeah, no, right. Let's yeah. go to the moon. Yeah. Maybe someday we say that, yeah. you know, why not? Why My son wants to be an astronaut. So well, there you I'm go. seeing the opportunity. Yeah. You know, yeah. This flying airplane. Yeah. Bringing people to and from Hawaii. Bring them to the moon, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Jeff Bezos is going up with, uh, he got his brother, he's taking his brother up in the first, like, sort of commercial space flight, which oh, basically yeah. I think they, they go up uh, into the, like, I don't, I don't know what the specifics are, um, but they're like, it's like 11 minutes of weightlessness, like just a flight into, into oh, space oh, and then they come back, so it's not like a, a sightseeing trip, but he, he, he called his brother and was like, hey, you're going with me. Crazy. Come on. What is anybody else supposed to get that guy from the yeah. family for like birthdays or Christmas? Yeah. The guy gave him a, a trip to space. Yeah, right. So thanks for setting the bar that high. <laughs> Please. 
Wasn't the guy from uh, Virgin Records, uh, the Playboy kind of guy? Oh, yeah, Richard Branson. Didn't he have some kind of weightless flight thing? I know um, one of the Backstreet Boys did it or something. They, I think they use it, or they use something like that, or his. I think they used his thing in, like, um, Gravity or one of those movies that had like virtual. I don't. I don't remember okay. specifically what it was, but yeah, I think he's he's another one that I think they're they're doing commercial space flight or they're aiming to do commercial space flight. Wow. So yeah. So uh, how long have you been with Corkboard now? Uh, we started in. I found it in March of 2019. 2019. Yeah. So it's a couple years, uh, a little over two years. What's that? What's that journey been like, man? I know it's. I used to be a chiropractor. Yeah. Right. And uh, started three different clinics and sold them and got in the real estate and then got into insurance and uh, that journey isn't always smooth. You know what I mean? I don't know what it's been like for you. No. But uh, <laughs> I took some lumps along the way. Yeah. I I would never. No. I, I think that the days of like our parents' generation of like being with one thing for like 20 or 30 years, right. like that's so done. Yeah. Like that, that so done. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, you know, part of the, part of the, the, everybody's like, you're such an entrepreneur and I am, I like doing my own thing. Mm. Um, not just because I like, like running it and doing it my way. I listen to, I have partners. I listen to people. I realize though, I'm a terrible employee. Yeah. I'm a terrible, terrible employee. What part of it makes you terrible? Um, you got a better way? Always. Always. <laughs> for sure. No, and that's, I don't, uh, that's not, that's just in my mind. That's yeah. not reality Me too, man. Yeah. I've been self-employed since 2001. And yeah. That's a big reason why. And if there's a leadership vacuum, if I sense even, and it's like instinctual, mm. it's, it's, I don't know why, but if there's a leadership vacuum, I will fill it and that never ceases to piss people off because I don't like, I don't like, um, uh, I don't like people that are not uh, decisive. decisive. Yeah. I don't. And even if you're going to make the wrong move, just make a move. Right. And I find that, and it's part of, I run my company and I always have using the lean methodology. Mm -hmm. I'm like, get it up. Let's get it looked at. Let's iterate it. Let's fold it. Let's do it again because too many people in this startup ecosystem yeah. wait and wait and wait and wait. So it's perfect. Till it's perfect, as opposed to getting it up, getting eyes on yeah. it, talking about it. And that, I think, uh, that is safe. The waiting is safe because yeah. then you don't have to put something out that someone might point at and right. be like, oh, that's not right. Right, deal with rejection or failure. Yes, and part of what I have a shirt, and I actually was, uh, I have a friend who's in Atlanta who's a software developer that's got a great product. And he was wearing a shirt one day that was like a lean startup shirt that said, invalidate my assumptions. And I got one, I was like, that's exactly what it is. I wanna spend all of my time with everybody around me invalidating my assumptions. Not telling me why I'm wrong, not telling me I am wrong, but going like this, that's not how this industry works, or that's yeah. not that's not gonna speak to these people. Yeah. You have to be open to that. Yeah. And not just in like some bullshit, oops, sorry, uh, no, some fine. some sort of phony buzzword way. It's okay to say shit, man. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank God. I was gonna shit worrying about that. Am I right? Um, but, uh, uh, but, there's so much, so many buzzwords, and and the the startup world in general to me is 
a lot of make work. It's a lot of people creating things to, uh, 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 you know, make money off of you. It's just, it's yeah. become a lot of like that. A lot of, there's, and I'm not saying there aren't some great people. Kate DeLeo is a brilliant branding coach. There are some brilliant people out there in the world. Beta MN that I was just a part of is a wonderful program. There are some great things out there in the world, but it's also very predatory. Hmm. And there are people that are looking to take advantage of you. I get at least 12 emails a day. Do you need funding? Do you need mm -hmm. funding? Mm -hmm. And I used to be like, oh my God, this is going to be such an easy business to run because everybody wants to give me money. Right. Um, but so it's just, it, it's, it's very difficult. And so my focus has always been whether I'm doing project work or when I, when I was doing theater work, my focus is on execution. You know, yeah, and I agree with you. Like I've had bumps along the way to get back to that original topic. I've had a lot of bumps along the way too, when I've ignored the voice inside my head that's going, "Don't do this, don't do this." Oh, Especially when I've, when I had to deal with with clients that I knew didn't know what they were talking about or were were looking for something unrealistic, but I really needed the money. Oh. I needed the money to cut. I needed the revenue. You wanted that sale. So yeah. yeah. So I would like I would shut that voice in my head down, and I'd be like, no, 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 I can make this work. I have never once in twenty plus years thought to myself, I can totally make this work in a situation like that, and it has worked. <laughs> really? I yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's amazing. Because right? I think to myself. You know in the back of your mind, you know this is going to end up like in ashes at my feet. Because <laughs> I'm either going to just flip out and go like scorched earth on it, or it's just going to like yeah. be destroyed. Yeah, yeah. And it never, I never stand there amidst, amidst the rubble of a project going like this, man, I am totally shocked that happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, and that's where a lot of those bumps have come from. Yeah. And you know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've done... It's sort of like you feel like you're the cliche when you're like, oh, the things I've done for money. Uh, but that's what you kind of feel like after that. And then you just kind of, everybody's like, well, you're so resilient. You just get back up and keep going. I get back up and keep going because I don't have a choice. Right. But also, I am most of the time solely responsible for the reason I got knocked on my ass. Right. So, you know, it's there have been things that have blindsided me. Um, but most of the time, you spend like the last, it's always the last like two weeks and you're like, I can make this work. And right. then you become a crazy person and then you're up at four o'clock in the morning and you're like, I can totally make this work. Yeah. And then you start to feel sick because you know it's about to not work, but you're going to stretch it out for a couple more days. So maybe you can, no, forget it. Short-term gain, long-term loss. Yes. That makes me think of that. I don't remember who told me that, but I think about it often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Long-term pain. Yeah. And you got to be foresight. You got to be. Uh, you can't be short-sighted. I think you know. Um, and, and there, are, you know, it's it, uh, the one thing I have learned as I've gotten older is patience. You know, mm -hmm. and this has been an incredible journey of patience because before the pandemic, you know, we were our business model had us going into restaurants uh, and and uh, building a platform and engagement and communication platform in restaurants and then monetizing the surface. In an advertising model, um, that's solely driven by communal gathering mm. and people gathering and looking at your screen. Well, if restaurants close down, so we had to pivot. Oh, it would have been open to the guests. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Right. They would have. We had an app, and you could yeah. put stuff. You know, yeah. but 
we had to make a pivot because that business model wasn't going to work. Um, and this industrial supply chain space was something I've always felt passionate about. Um, and so, and then it started getting some traction with a couple of other, uh, couple advisors and we put together an advisory board. So it, it's picking up traction and it really is, it, it is the first time in this space with corkboard we originally launched there was a lot of like convincing people that we had value mm. this space is in such a desperate need and situation that people are like yes this makes sense this makes sense yes this yeah. is needed you know you don't have to squint your eyes to see the value or see the need for yeah. the board and the building out the platform which is great which is great and again you're right like there's obviously a fiduciary thing we're not a charity we want to make some money but i think there's something that there is something and i don't i never know whether you're trying to justify things ideologically to yourself to make yourself feel better about what's going on you know but i do feel like there's there's importance in kind of bridging this communication gap between the sort of white collar space and the blue collar space so do you work with contractors manufacturers uh in both what type of industries are you? Um, right now, we, we've we been talking to a couple different people. I probably shouldn't say names. Um, we're talking to some smaller Minnesota companies. One of the things I, one of the, so I moved here in 98, and then I got the tour and uh, toured the world for two years, and then came back here and made a conscious decision to come back here, because I grew up on the East Coast, and on the East Coast, you're always 90 miles away from the next traffic jam. That's that's it. It was just like every every city runs together by suburbs, so it's okay. huge. Here it was like you're 90 miles away from like no like complete solitude, yeah. which I like too. Because my dream is like to live with my my wife can come or not whatever, uh, but uh, <laughs> live like in a place that people can only visit by seaplane or something like that. So you oh, always yeah. know when somebody's coming. That's true. Solitude is my oh god, I love it. Um, but anyway, uh, but I made a conscious decision to come back here for several reasons. And one of the things I really liked in the entrepreneurial journey is finding these amazing companies mm. that like go around the corner and there's a company that does this or a company, I'm, I'm sure that's the same in, in every community. Yeah. But like there's a company up in uh, Belle Plaine that makes like one tiny piece of an artificial joint for a prosthetic knee. And they've got three huge facilities around the world, Jeez. you know? So we're, we're looking, um, I'm looking for one partner right now to work with that's got a couple different facilities in the supply chain logistics space. I don't wanna, I'd rather do one solid partner that we can build a platform with um, we work on a royalty arrangement, so when we grab a partner and we've done it with a couple other industries we've worked in, we give that partner that started us out like a piece of each board that sold for the next three years because they helped us build the platform. Okay. So we're that's what we're looking for is that partner, the perfect partner. We've had a couple conversations and offers, but it hasn't been right yet. Okay. So that's where the patience kind of plays in because I don't want to, you know, I'm yeah. listening to that little voice in the back of my head that's going, don't do this. <laughs> this. this is going to end poorly. <laughs> so what is it? Can you give me an example if I'm the owner of the company that makes a little piece that goes on a prosthetic mm -hmm. and I'm interested in having you come in and help us out with your services? Uh, what does that look like for me being the CEO? Sure. So 
Uh, I think that, and that's one of the things that we deal with on a daily basis, is we've got to appeal to the CEOs, the guys writing the checks, but we really are building a platform for the, for the, yeah, yeah. the people that are, you know, that are, that are doing the, the grunt work. Um, what it looks like is we sit down with our offerings. We've got 10 different modules. There are communication modules. There's a, like a top-down communication, which is like a note from the CEO, that sort of thing. These are all updatable interactive modules. And there, so if I'm a um, factory worker running a press, is it on my cell phone? Is it an app? Uh, it is. A, right now we are digital services, so it's a screen in the warehouse. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's All a right. digital screen, much like that's that's one of our screens right oh, there. It's TV screen. On yeah, the wall. yeah, yeah. So in our platforms running, that's just a simple platform right there. But um, so it, it's that. So it's a screen on the wall that's then engaging. Um, yeah. We different placement options. You know, um, we've had a couple. Excuse me. Hmm. Sorry. We've had a couple folks that we've talked to that have wanted to have like. Um, a screen right by the door as people are exiting so that they can message employees as they're leaving for the day, one by the time clock, those sort of things. Um, it's really sitting down and customizing the platform to each individual company. Okay. So some companies will want a direct OSHA feed uh, or something like that that directly feeds from their union onto the screen. Some might want a scheduling mod that we have. Um, some might want a top-down employee module. Um, we've got another text-to-screen module for employees to communicate between shifts with each other. So we were just talking about communicating from the top-down versus the bottom-up, and I see the communicating from the bottom-up to be more challenging. And you're, you're, you're talking about different possibilities, either through text or touchscreens yeah. or QR codes and so on, and that's all in the works right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got yeah, we've got touch capabilities. We've got text to screen. We've got QR codes. We have all of those, and I think it really is about integrating with the existing uh, with the existing stuff as well. Okay. Um, there are several people that we've talked to that have said, you know, we've got several disparate systems in the warehouse that are like goals and are like this that, and so if we can find one sort of platform to encompass all of those. So we have plugins that we have available where people can put scheduling things in that sort of thing. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, if somebody is interested in Corkboard or some of your learning management systems, is that what they're mm -hmm. called? Yeah. And uh, communicating with their employees uh, in a more efficient manner and allowing communication to go both ways. Um, what would be the best way? to find out more information or get a hold of you? Um, so my uh, email address, mtodaro, M-T-O-D-A-R-O, at corkboard, C-O-R-Q-U-E-B-O-A-R-D.com, right. or corkboard.com. Um, yeah, so those are, all of those are the easiest ways to communicate with me. Yeah, Great. for sure. Um, well, I appreciate your time, Michael. I appreciate your time. I always <laughs> like to have a conversation, so for sure, and you were a great conversation, so okay. I appreciate good. it. Good, yeah. good. Sure. And uh, that's it, guys. Get a hold of Michael if you have some questions about corkboard and how it works. And uh, he's an interesting dude. I am fascinating. <laughs> I am fascinating. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah.